can't get out. Then Happy Publicans. What an optimist. Alberio into the home straight. Shows the way. Lancelot Bromack dead game on the outside. Miss Fernandez third. Lancelot Bromack. Look at Lancelot Bromack. Age shall not weary them. Lancelot Bromack has beaten Alberio. Miss Fernandez. Woodlands one to fourth. She's got bling. Next yeah, time. quite incredible. I know we touched on it earlier with Jared, but Chris Barnsby joins us mobile rolling thanks to Garage. He's had over 400 starts, Chris. Lancelot Bromack. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, he's a marvel. There's no doubt about it. 11 years of age, and uh, that was start number 425. He's now won 30 races. Uh, it's just phenomenal. He's going as, as well as he's ever gone, and uh, he was really good there yesterday. Couldn't have played out any better for him. Uh, there was a bit of early drama there with the favourite making a break. He landed 1-1. He peeled at the top of the straight, gets over the top of them, but... Uh, still providing some really good memories for uh, those that are involved with Lancelot Bramack. And Chris, well done on your call on Saturday night. I happened to catch that race live, but a horse that you just must must have loved calling right throughout his career was out over and over, and you said his old legs, they carried him to victory there on Saturday night. We heard about his retire. Talked a bit about him yesterday with Greg Mitchell, our overnight. Yeah. He's a wonderful horse, there's no doubt about it. Uh, no trotter's ever going to win as many races as what our over and over did at Albion Park. We know that's just not going to happen ever again. Over 51 victories, or 51 victories there on Saturday night. He performed well during the recent Winter Carnival features, but he's just not at that same level as what he once was. He's probably, well, easily the most highly decorated uh, trotter that we've seen in Queensland. He's got victories at Albion Park, 51 of those, and only Destraos has won more, that old pacing warrior. And then uh, he's also got victories at Menangle and Melton. So he's been so good ever since he first arrived from New Zealand. He's been so well managed, and uh, to go out with a victory like he did on Saturday night was fit. He's one of those horses, though, Steve. He never won really by a big margin. So I was just that little bit hesitant about declaring him a long way out. I thought he was going to be in the finish a long way from home, but you just never know with a horse like our over and over. So you had to be a little guarded mm. with it, but uh, it was just great to see him go out with a victory, something that he was uh, thoroughly deserving of. Chris, you've got a big line-up. Paul Diver's actually on the line, so we don't want to keep Paul waiting. But was that news surprise you with Lavra Joe there? Ernie's been able to discover a torn suspensory, not racing until you know, next year. It, it doesn't shock me, uh, given that we sort of uh, found out that, you know, it was fairly serious and that's what basically derailed his whole Queensland campaign. We were hoping to see him here during the Tab Constellations for a race like the Rising Sun and the Derby. So it doesn't really shock me. So it's unfortunate because... It just seems like it's a, a growing list over there in Perth with so many of their good horses out of action now. So Shockways, Laverage Joe, Too Fast, Too Serious, they've all got major issues. So it's disappointing that uh, we're not going to be seeing these top liners, but hopefully he can make a full recovery in time to come. But uh, I know his trainer, Ray Jones, would be bitterly disappointed mm. that he's going to be out of action for some time. Paul Dybert's with us now, Chris. Well, whilst we're talking about yesterday, uh, here's another winner that was just so impressive. And I know Darren Clayton will talk with Darren a little bit later. He spoke with trainer Mark Ducks. And Captain Nemo was able to step out in race six yesterday. This guy was having his first start for Mark since transferring from Ray Green. He came across during the carnival. He only had the one start, but he was just super impressive yesterday. He had gate seven. He was able to put a, a field away. That was pretty handy. And Ray, good time. Paul Diver took the winning drive, but he's online with us now. Paul, good morning. Thanks, Chris. Did he give you a good feel yesterday, Captain Nemo? Yeah, um, it was my first drive on him, and in the warm-up he felt a bit lazy and a bit plotty, but um, 
in the run he felt like a good horse and uh, there was a bit of a mishap with love having fun at the start so I just thought when they will go inside press four but I got left out but he was good enough to get over the top. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a bit of style about him too. He's a lovely big cult by the Boomsire Captain Treacherous. Yeah, he's yeah, feels good. He's different to some of the other Captain Treacherous of that behind. He's a bit more relaxed, so that's good. Um, he's got a bit proppy around the corner at the bell with a lap to go, but um, he'll be right. Were you surprised when you made the move coming down the straight with a lap left to run that? The, the, the death seed wasn't there for you. 28.6 and then 28.3. So a middle half of 56.9. Were you fearing the worst at that point, knowing that you were off the track working? I was fearing the worst because uh, first start he had here, he was three wide the trip the whole way. So I um, wasn't... Um, yeah, I was a bit uh, cautious of that. But he felt good and going down the back straight, I thought I was going to win it from the 600. Well, that was evident because uh, I, I noticed uh, when, when we were, I was calling the race that the look that you took at the top of the straight, uh, you don't sort of drive like that, but you're obviously really confident that there was plenty left in the tank there. Yeah, no, he felt awesome and um, he sort of switched off a little bit towards the line, but, um, yeah, the whole way down the back and going around the corner and the horses that were around me and they weren't travelling the best, I still thought I had a little bit left in the locker. Well, it was a 57-2 closing half, so that final 1,200 metres was run at a really strong tempo and he was so strong through the line. So, given that he's been wide in both of his runs so far, how's he going to be when he actually finds the uh, the, the peg line? Yeah, um, the only thing is that they don't really like to use him early, so the, that's what's going to happen in his races, but hopefully with the way he went, he should have a bit more respect to being able to get up there close and handy. Um, but... From the feel that he gave me, I'm pretty sure he can still do it from both ends and not have to lead or not have to sit and park to win the races. I just thought the field that I was in and the tempo of the race that was run, I thought I'd have to get up there handy um, and, yeah, just to put him into the race. OK, well, he looks like he's going to do a nice job here, Captain Nemo. He was really impressive. Let's focus on your drives tonight. We've got a 10-event program coming through at Reckliff tonight. 5.22 start time, Tadmain Quaddy legs, a race is 5, 6, 7 and 8. Lisa Lincoln is your drive in a race one. I'll ask this obvious question first up. You must enjoy driving this mare because you've got a really good rapport with her and the record proves it as well. Yeah, she's a uh, very nice mare. She's raced against Colt 31 when they first brought her over from New Zealand, so it's not like she's uh, a bad horse to drive, and she definitely um, enjoys going around Redcliffe. I've got a very good strike rate with her around Redcliffe. She just doesn't seem to be able to cope with the racing at Albion, especially if you don't get the right draw or the right trip. She just doesn't seem to be able to fire a shot, but at Redcliffe she can do a bit more work, and, yeah, she's a nice man to sit behind. Well, she was able to dominate last week. You were able to find the front last week, and then she just cruised out in front. Two minutes point five was a mild rate, and she finished off in 57.628.2. There was just no cause for concern last week. I'm tipping it's not going to be as easy tonight as what it was last week. No, it's not going to be as easy, Chris. Um, second on the back line. Uh, I just don't know where I'll end up. Maybe one out two or three back. Um, but yeah, she's 
went three wide from the bell. She's tough. She's got good speed if I sit her in. So hopefully I'm not too far away and she's going to improve from last week's run. I was surprised that I found the front last week. I thought I'd have to sit in the death with her. But, yeah, I took it, took took the advantage of the lead and she was too good from last week. Okay, well, she looks a terrific chance uh, again there in race number one. In race two, again, you stick with Melissa Gillies. Glenn Liddy, boy, he finally got the job done last time out. He's been building for a victory, and uh, he was deserving of that win last time out. Can he go back to back? Yeah, he's um, definitely on the way up. I reckon he's going to win a quality for sure in time to come. Um, they just keep racing and getting a bit of money while they can with these races that are on while the interstate people are up still so he's got to go good he's just one in the back line it's a bit of a bad gate for him he doesn't really get out the gate that well and i don't really like pressing him through from the start i'd rather be in the race and be galloping first corner especially on the mile mark over the mile so whether i can hold b city blazes back i don't know but i reckon b city blazes is going to take a sit on there's a chance anyway so i'll be probably uh three fences Okay. And just with that front line, there looks like there is going to be some, uh, you know, pretty strong pressure. Beef City Blaze gets out of the gate well. There's a chance it's good. And Riverley Rocket can absolutely fly the gate, as you well know. So there might be some, uh, you know, hot tempo going to that first bend. Yeah, definitely there was. Um, I don't reckon Ducky wanted to go forward last week and his horse got out the gate real good. So sometimes the horse, when they feel good behind the gate, they just let them roll off and that's what happened. But Archmey's left um, leaves the gate pretty good too, so um, there might be some fire in the woodworks. You never know, and um, if I can get off, I'll get off because I'm tipping I won't be able to keep keep a good enough spot on the fence. How important has it been, do you feel, with Glen Letty Boy? Like he's had the three runs back at Redcliffe now, uh, and, and the confidence uh, that he's gained from those uh, runs at Redcliffe. Uh, obviously, it's been a little easier compared to him racing at Albion Park, but you can just see immediately that uh, just dropping back to Redcliffe, it's been a huge boost for his confidence. Yeah, definitely. Chris, he's, uh, he had a bit of a tired trip. One start at Albion Park, but. Um, yeah, just dropping back to Redcliffe. He hasn't had to be driven so hard, like, and um, yeah, just want to get let the race come to him instead of having to try and make it for himself. So um, it has been good, and um, he's just uh, oh, what's the word? He's just yeah, he's it suited him the Redcliffe racing, that's for sure. But you're confident he can go back to Wellbeing Park and win his quali there? Yeah, for sure. Um, he'll be able to. Um, is can run a nice last half. He done it last week. They walked last week, and he was off the track and done a pretty slick last half. So to be able to do that off the track at Redcliffe, he should be able to win one at Albion Park on a Saturday night for sure. Okay. Well, that's the first two races. Then you've got to hang around for race 10. So maybe we can gain some confidence out of that fact that you're hanging around until the very last race tonight because you stick with Merge Wright. You've been with this guy in the two runs so far. He's been a runner-up in both starts. Is tonight going to be the night for Merge right? Well, I hope you're right, Chris. I hope it's worth it. Um, she's a Billy, though, Chris. Come on. <laughs> um, so, uh, copywriter went real good, though, um, in that same race that she raced against in the Consolation, and uh, Nathan Dawson's got the drive this week. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it does roll well leg this week. Um, but apart from that, I'm very happy with the way she's went. Her 
races and she just keeps stepping out. Every time she stepped out, she's gotten better and better. She runs second first up at Redcliffe and second again at Albion Park and she's still learning her craft, but she um, was all by the winner until the last 20 metres in the consolation last week. So hopefully we go one better and can get the bonus for the connections. Yeah, absolutely. That's all important, the first win, Q-bred bonus. Last time out at Albion Park in that uh, tried consolation, she had a bad second-row draw first up at Recklev. Uh, she had uh, to take on the older horses, so never an easy uh, feat when you go up against the older horses. But she handled the track well that day? Yeah, handled the track real well, and it was just uh, more of a uh, feel for me too. Peter Gregg just said, just try and teach her to race and um, don't do anything too silly, and... I thought I just drove a little bit of an error from the first time I drove her. I thought I should have got going first over three wide and I missed the boat and went ended up three wide two back and she rattled home and run second. But, um, yeah, last week I, the tempo of the race was real slow, so I got going at the half and she was all by the winner, but just, um, yeah, got tired a little the last 20. So she is tough and she doesn't need a lead to win this race. Okay, well, three really good drives tonight. Lisa Lincoln, Glen Letty Boy, and Merge Wright. Do you fancy one over the other? Um, I really like Lisa Lincoln. I just reckon uh, the race will suit, hopefully, um, plenty of speed early, and she'll be coming over the top of Okay, we'll take the tip with race one, number eight, Lisa Lincoln, but hopefully she's the first of three winners for one P Diver tonight at Recliffe. Paulie, as always, really appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight. Thanks, Chris. There's Paul Diver joining us. So he's got a, uh, a really good chance with three runners there tonight. Uh, Talia McMullen's about to join us now, and she's got a number of good chances. And we're going to start with race three tonight. Maresco, the last uh, winner. Talia's online. Talia, good morning. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us. Maresco, uh, you link up with this uh, mare tonight. She's an easy last start winner here at Recliffe, and uh, this looks a great opportunity to go back-to-back -back with the inside gate. Do you rate her chances? Yeah, I think she'll run a really good race. She was pretty impressive last start at Redcliffe, and I think she probably is more of a leader, so the draw really helps her. Okay. Would you say this is harder than what she beat last time out? Uh, I don't think it's really that much of a harder race. Maybe Grant's one drawn on her back might be a bit of a danger because it has a nice draw as well, but uh, it's probably a pretty even field this week as well. Okay. What about the distance? Last time out, when she was able to score seventeen eighty, she's got to go up to the two thousand and forty metres. Any issues there? I don't think it'll worry her too much. She might be a little bit better to the shorter trip, but I think she's probably as long as she's in front rolling along, she's probably better off. Okay. And you're confident that you will lead from the inside? I think so. She has pretty good gate speed and led pretty easy last week, so hopefully we'll be able to hold up. Okay, well, she looks a terrific chance there. Race three, number one, Maresco. In the following race, race number four, interesting runner here, Buckle Down Buddy. First start here in Queensland for Peter McKay. Does a really good job with his small team. What do we uh, what do we make of Buckle Down Buddy? Because just looking through it, there's no recent trials here in Queensland? Yeah, um, I don't really know too much about him either, but... He's um, come up from Dean Chapel. He sent him up here. And Peter always does a, a really good job with his horses. And he didn't race too long ago. Um, and his form's been pretty good down there. So 
I think the draw really suits tonight as well. We'll have a nice, easy run first up, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a really nice race. Well, just looking at his recent efforts down there at Tamworth, he's been racing the likes of Go Joe, CC Jones. They're horses that we know will here in Brisbane. So, if anything, that form line should sort of hold up. So, uh, he might be in the uh, in the money here with that nice trailing draw. Yeah, I think so. Um, his form seems to be pretty good down there, and it's a nice draw first up tonight. So, I think he'll run a really good race. Okay, well, that's buckle down, buddy. We go across to race number six tonight. Did you have the choice of drives between Looks Just Right and Duke? Uh, yeah, well, Trent drove Looks Just Right last week, so we kind of just stuck to that. But um, <laughs> I think Duke has a nice draw tonight, and he's a pretty nice horse to drive, so that was a pretty easy drive there. Okay, and just looking at it, I'm sure you're hoping there is just going to be that little bit of early pressure which will bring Duke into it because he's probably stronger at his races and uh, that, that sort of sets up nicely if there is that early pressure. Yeah, definitely. He likes it when they go up hard up front and he can just kind of trail them and come over the top late. It's probably better if they get home a bit slower for him and he'll keep on going along. Okay, well that's Duke there in race number six, and in race number nine tonight, your final drive, Lil Miss Breezy. Uh, you're taking the drive here for Ryan Vivers. Uh, he's got two in the race as well. Ryan, Quick Classics probably likely to be the favourite drawn in gate two. So what are we hoping for with Lil Miss Breezy? She is going to get that nice run through because you're drawn directly behind Quick Classic. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think we're just kind of have to sum it up as as we go. I don't think. I'd be able to beat Quick Classic if it found the front and I'd have to sit parked outside of it. Although saying that, she did put in a good run a couple of starts ago sitting parked. But it'd be interesting to see her with her sit. I think she'd probably go better like that. She's only little, but she's just been doing a few things wrong and she seems to settle a bit better when she's got nothing in front of her. But if the speed was on early and we could take a sit on the right horse, then I think she'd be right in it. Okay, all important to claim this victory as well because uh, she's eligible for that uh, Q-bread bonus, so it's uh, all important. Yeah, that's right. She was pretty close a couple of starts ago and it was a bit heartbreaking because it's a fair bit of money on the line, so hopefully she won't be too far away. And I'm glad you mentioned the size of uh, Lil Miss Breezy because uh, she is one of the smaller horses currently going around. Yeah, definitely. She's just like a little mini trotter. She's pretty small, there's not much of her. But um, she's been putting it together lovely, so hopefully she can get the win soon. OK, well, fingers crossed. So a couple of good drives uh, looking at it. Maresco, is that the, uh, the pick of your drives tonight? I, I think the draw really suits her, so she's probably the best one. OK, we'll take the tip of the race three, number one, Maresco. Talia, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside tonight. Thank you. See ya. There's Talia McMullen joining us. So uh, labelling Maresco as her pick of her drives uh, coming through at Rickliffe tonight. So Paulie D, he mentioned uh, Lisa Lincoln, and that's race one, number eight. And Talia's gone with race three, number one, Maresco. Our, uh, our next guest, Darren Clayton, he joins us each and every Wednesday morning. He was the punter's pal once again yesterday. He was on money the on-air yesterday. Is, Say again? I hope he's putting the, his money, own money where his mouth is. He'd be living yeah, exactly in a mansion. Yeah, exactly right. There was a couple of good prices there yesterday, so he should be pumped up and confident. So let's, let's just ask him, Darren, are you putting the money on with your selections? 
<laughs> yeah, morning, guys. Well, you certainly got to put your money where your mouth is, and uh, I have been doing that. But uh, yeah, let's not forget for every every winner, there, there might be one that goes under as well. So you know, it's a it's a slog, but uh, certainly enjoying it and enjoying at the moment getting a few winners. Well, I want to ask this question. I'll be interested to see what Steve thinks as well. But uh, is there a day, a particular day, that we race here in Queensland that you enjoy more than any other? Yeah, this, it's funny. Like I go back and um, I, do, I do keep a record of results. And um, Friday is not my best day. Um, I like Thursday afternoons at Redcliffe. And funnily enough... Tuesdays at Albion Park up to about race five or race six. <laughs> as strange as that sounds. Is it to do with programming at all? Oh, obviously um, those races in those time slots are um, so early on in, on, in the day in a Tuesday is uh, generally two-year-olds trot races, the lower assessed horses. Uh, and then later in the day, they sort of step up a little bit. Um, and then Thursday, you've got your Redcliffe style of of horse and again sort of programming a little bit of that the horses tend to filter their way through the trainers know whether they're an albion park horse or a redcliffe horse and i just find thursdays at redcliffe are a really good punting day mm. oh, i enjoyed doing the form on a tuesday yeah tuesday, i don't know tuesday, if it is just the programming or what but i enjoy doing the form on a tuesday so i, I think that, the with tuesdays chris you get the um you get those horses that are perhaps just out of touch a Saturday night drop back and, and sometimes they're not given that respect of, of how hard the Saturday night racing is dropping back to that Tuesday grade. How hard are mm. the speed maps to do? We hear about speed maps all the time with the thoroughbreds. How hard are they do to do with the standard breads? And they can be tricky. Uh, Redcliffe um, sometimes tends to work itself out pretty good because just of the starting points and the, and the short run into the corner. So you have to, you know, you're looking at horses that are drawn well and where they then sort of position. Albion Park's a little bit tougher. Um, you get a lot of horses that can really run the gate. Um, you know, you, you then come back to a horse like Hemsworth. Um, he'd been drawing bad in, in races, in uh, tougher races. And then last week drew gate seven and, um, you know, he's put straight up on the on the front end to show a, a really good turn of foot. Um, so just working out what horses do actually have their gait speed. We hadn't really had an opportunity to see his gait speed prior to that, but after what we saw last week and then again yesterday, um, just working out what horses have got speed. And, and a lot of the time too, Steve, it's not just about how much speed they have out of the gate. It's, it's speed against other horses and, and the grade that they're in, whether going to the front is really beneficial in that race. And what about horses that come out... Oh, sorry, interrupt, Chris, but horses that win up the sprint lane. Do you keep any sort of stats on that at all? Yeah, keep an idea on that. And um, there's obviously quite a lot of horses um, don't actually like the sprint lane. Uh, we look at a horse like Cat King Cole. Now, she's only admittedly only a two-year-old and still learning plenty, but a couple of weeks ago in a Saturday night race, she was returning from a break and she didn't want to go up the passing lane at all. Um, when Kylie Rasmussen finally sort of straightened her up, the race had sort of gone, but then her last 75 metres, once she flattened out, were really strong. But um, there's plenty of horses do that. They just they don't like to, to angle back to that side. And that said, there's plenty of other horses that absolutely love it. Mm. And 
just working out um, who's who in the zoo, I guess. Yeah, because you see it a lot, Darren. Sometimes, you know, you might see a twos on shot or a short price favourite on the back of the leader and they get to the sprint lane. You think it's just a matter of how far when it goes to the, the inside. But sometimes it seems to be the horses with the momentum can often get the photo or, or be too good. You know? Yeah, momentum's a huge part of that, Steve. It's... Um, you can look like you're travelling, but if you, you know, just the point of the turn, the, the leader just hasn't quite got the horse to the passing lane. It's It can be a killer as much as it can be a big winner as well. Chris? Just on that, though, with speed maps, Steve, recently Wayne Hawkes outlined that he he doesn't give any sort of credence to speed maps. Were you surprised by that comment? That might have been when I was away, but uh, I'll read the yeah. story. And if it's, yeah, it's, absolutely, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, I think, all, just... look, all the big stables, Chris, as you know, uh, and even some of the smaller stables, they employ form analysts. Uh, Dominic yeah. Byrne, of course, does all the form for Godolphin, and they, they sit down for hours and work out maps. It's just so crucial. Mm, yeah, I find it to be a, a, a key part. You, you've got to try and work out where certain horses are going to be. So I was probably a little surprised by, by that comment. Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, Darren, your best bet tonight. Can we make it three straight? You were two for two yesterday, so can we load up again tonight? Well, I don't know. I'm going against one of your earlier guests, Chris, and uh, actually in race one, I thought horse one, Catamac, um, has the perfect conditions to strike here. Hasn't drawn a gate for some time, and she is really good gate speed mare. So I thought from gate one, she's going to be mighty hard to beat. Her last four starts, gates five, nine, eight, and nine. So um, get back to gate one, gate speed mare finds the fun easily. And again, we talk about maps. For she maps to be the leader, and for me, is the winner. Race one, number one, Kamak. Okay, we'll put that theory to the test then. Race one, number one, Catamac. Uh, numerically, the form doesn't look all that good, but as Darren just outlined, barrier draws haven't been kind. But tonight, gate one. So race one, number one, Catamac, the best bet. Was there anything else that stood out for you? Was there anything else at value tonight? Or you're just keen to go race one, number one, get the money and run early? Yeah, well, I think if you just, again, if we look to that, um, the speed map situation, I think um, another one, you spoke to Talia, race three um, looks a perfect case of leader behind leader. Maresco going really well, does have a good record over the middle distance too. This is over 2040 and in Chevron we trust he's going really well at the moment from bad gates at Albion Park. So um, he looks behind the leader, so... In that situation, um, you know, you can play the exotics, the 1-7, or I thought Moresco holds on. So Moresco to win and, and the 1-7, Quinella 1-7 exacta, certainly a, a strong play. OK, so that's going to be another interesting test case there, race three, because uh, it'll be interesting to see how in Chevron we trust handles the sprint lane as well. So that's another race that uh, will take particular interest in. So race uh, three, numbers one and seven. Uh, before I let you go this morning, Darren uh, and, and Steve, you'll be interested. Uh, yesterday at the trials between races at Albion Park, Governor Jujon stepped out. He finished third. He was beaten probably just on two and a quarter metres. It was a neck by two metres. Northview Hustler uh, uh, proving too good, defeating Rock Fishman. Governor Jujon parked out for the final lap. 58-3 last quarter, 27-6. So I'm sure Connections would have been pretty happy with that trial. Did after trial that Rock Fisherman, Chris, after Saturday night? Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's a horse that's flying. He's going to win one. I don't, don't worry about that. that. I watched so. it, but it didn't step away the other night. 
Yeah, and that was why he was back at the trials yesterday, just to try and clear one of those uh, ODM tags that was placed against him. So he's going really good. He was able to go forward yesterday, get the lead, and then eventually hand over to uh, Northview Hustler again. So I think that form line will be OK. So I think there's a bit of form. Northview Hustler steps out on Saturday night. He takes on Colt 31. So that's going to be an interesting challenge for him. But he looked good. Governor Jujon looked good. So... Might be worth uh, checking out the yeah, the replay of that trial yesterday if you didn't catch it. Yeah, where did, did you, you see it, now, Darren? Chris? What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a good trial. First back, uh, first trial back for him. Obviously, Northview Hustlers are, are proven at the top end. Governor Jujon probably still hasn't, even though his rating is right up there, he probably hasn't had to step up just yet because of his age. So. Um, Grant's not one to knock them around early on in their campaign either too. Another interesting one out of that trial, Chris, too, Bangkok Bravado. We missed him all the way through the Constellations and um, he was just poking in behind them as well. Yeah, the, the horse to follow from the trials yesterday uh, for mine is is from the Dixon Stable, Leap to Fame. This this is a two-year-old that's got a really good ability and I thought he was really strong. 55-2 he rated, won by a good margin. Look like he's uh, he's ready to go, so uh, we'll keep an eye out for him, Leap to Fame. He's got a good pedigree. He's New South Wales bred. He's not a Queensland bred horse. I think they purchased him from the APG sale down in Sydney, but uh, he was sharp yesterday. I thought he was a really good one. And as you said, Darren, uh, Grant just sort of normally just goes through the motions, but uh, at the trials, that is. But uh, he was really good with uh, Leap to Fame yesterday, so I think he's going to be set for a really strong campaign in, in the weeks to come. Yeah, certainly. And um, the, the way this season is now, like those that New South Wales um, bred the Breeders' Challenge down there in New South Wales, it's not till sort of October, November. So... Um, no doubt he's got a bit of time to, to get that horse nice and nice and ready for heading down that way and, and Governor Jujon could quite possibly be a, a travelling companion on that trip he's, um, it was good to see him back he's one of my favourites, Governor Jujon we haven't seen him for 8 months now so um, yeah, looking forward to where he lines up yeah, absolutely. He's one of the other uh, stars here in Queensland, so he is hoping, and that that might be the obvious aim with him. Uh, just go down. There's n there's not a great deal happening here, so uh, if they do make a campaign with Leap to Fame, uh, he might be a great travelling uh, campaign uh, companion because we know he's a proven big race winner already in Sydney, uh, taking the uh, what was it, the Simpson Memorial earlier when Robbie Morris took the drive. So. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll follow with interest wherever he goes, uh, Governor Jujon, but it was just good to see him back, so excellent stuff. And, and as Steve outlined at the top of the show, uh, our over and over just on him, uh, wonderful horse, as I said, winners uh, or victories not only at Albion Park, 51 in total there, but wins also in Sydney at Menangle and uh, Melton. He's been a, a great performer for a long, long time. Yeah, he certainly has. It's 2013, he had his first start, and the first start, you you talk about a long, long time. That was it. At the Gold Coast, it was at the Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously the Gold Coast, unfortunately, we no longer have. I think from memory, had about four different age and uh, class track records he held at the Gold Coast. But when it finished up, he goes to um, goes to retirement still with a, the seventeen eighty record at Redcliffe. He was the first ever square gator to break two minutes at Redcliffe in a race um, and takes the 2100 mobile start at Albion Park with him as well. So there's still track records that he still holds. So it's been a great campaigner for a lot of years and just speaking with Greg 
uh, Mitchell yesterday, the owner of our over and over, you just tell um, by by the way he speaks and everything that that he knows that um, he's never going to have a, another horse like that, or a, a, he's definitely not going to uh, stop trying to get another one. That's for sure. He he loves getting a nice horse as Greg, but uh, our over and over, he knows how big of an impact he's had on his ownership um, career for a better term or ownership uh, journey. So. Um, good luck to, to our over and over in, in the next career. I believe he may be being used as a bit of a, um, um, a education horse for some of Grant's younger trotters just to get them to settle and, and show them the way. Darren, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I was so gutted when I heard that news, it's an, it, was a, it was an obvious call to get to not go with the Brisbane show, the Echo this year. It was just, you know, common sense decision, I understand, but... I really do feel for the RNA, and of course, Racing Queensland are going to be involved with the three codes. In particular, those harness horses are all being prepared for the show. I wonder where they go now, those horses that were going to race at the Ecker. Yeah, well, I guess um, they just, they're just they back into normal normal rotation now. The, um, Chris mentioned the other day, a lot of them had been seen you know, at the trials, getting their standing start ticket ready to go there, but uh, unfortunately, there's no no RNA, no ECA this year. So um, Racing Queensland did step up and put on a, another meeting this Monday. Did they? Okay. Just for yeah, just for the immediate shortfall. But um, there's obviously a, quite a few horses would have been targeted at that specifically, um, done more so than the Wiedemann. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought maybe a race they could put on for the the horses that were going there, nominated for the ECA. Maybe I don't I don't know if that was possible. Um, but something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would all work out. Yeah, probably. Too, but I'm sure there's Just a few things. Yeah, but there's certainly out of that though too is the the big money final on the on the final night too. Like that goes by the wayside now as well. So, but we've seen the, the showcase series this year. We saw the final of that at Redcliffe on their big night um, from the shows what we were able to hold earlier in the year. So. Um, not all was lost, I guess. But, I know the uh, Wiedemans, they used to... unfortunate. Funny, they used to travel a lot of horses to Tamworth, didn't they, for some particular reason? They seemed to like that track for many, many years. They'd always take horses to Tamworth. I think COVID's yeah, uh, put a bit of a spoke in that too, wheel. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But it was all, I always found it interesting that they would always seem to go to uh, gravitate to that particular track, maybe because of the grading of the races, guys, at that time, the Wiedemans. Well, I think um, not only the grading, um, a lot of their horses, not only just bet, some horses are better on a half-mile track and a half-mile track um, like Tamworth has, a bit like Redcliffe, not the, the big oval where it's not conducive to hard and fast from the get-go. So okay, um, I guess that would certainly be, a, be one of the factors, I'm sure. Yep, agreed. Well, we look forward to tonight. We've got 10 races at Redcliffe tonight, 5.22 start time. And just going back to our over and over, I don't want to keep harping on it, but this was a Queensland-based trotter that earned half a million dollars. It's it's huge money and a testament to the uh, the placement uh, that Grant Dixon was able to do with our over and over. So when you sort of start breaking down all of those records, uh, it's quite phenomenal. But uh, more than half a million, it's hard enough with a pacer, let alone with a trotter that's based in Queensland. So hats off to uh, everyone involved with uh, our over and over. So uh, I'm sure he's going to have a... Uh, 
a, a great life uh, in, in retirement, and I'm sure his uh, his time, as as Darren found out yesterday, is not over because uh, they're going to try and use him as a bit of a a bit of a horse that can you know just school a couple of the younger ones coming through. I'm sure he'll have a, a great life in retirement. Darren, good luck tonight. Catamac's the one for you. Race one, number one. So we'll put the big circle around it. So 5.22. Hopefully there's uh, more for our uh, listeners out there that they can cash in because you were two for two yesterday. Hopefully it's one for one tonight with Catamac. Fingers crossed, Chris. That's all we can do.